This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dreams coming back in the stadium. And running out of that tunnel with the football team. I got dreams of walking back in here, seeing my jersey, my banner, right down there next to the rest of the Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, but I can't rightfully do that without my Heisman Trophy. The NCAA has made a statement about me accusing me of engaging in a pay-for-play arrangement, uh, which is 100% not true. Uh, not only is it not true, but there's no evidence to even support that claim. So this is a new accusation, as far as I'm concerned. That was picked up by all of you. All the media outlets picked it up as if this were the reason why I'm not getting my Heisman Trophy back and why I'm not being reinstated. And that's not true. And that's what this lawsuit is about. It's about truth, getting the facts out, and holding the NCAA accountable. Well, there you have it. Holding the NCAA accountable. Welcome, guys, to Brother from Another. So happy to have Tarika Foster Brasby with me here today. Hey, girl. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. How are you? I am well. I am well. Um, I mean, I you know, Reggie Bush... I just, you know, I'm so happy he's doing this because I think for so long fans have been just upset, you know, by what happened, that his Heisman was stripped from him, that all the records, everything was taken away. And with all the changes that have, you know, come with NIL, you know, like even if by the technical rule of the law, he did something wrong. It's sort of like weed, right? Like if we still got people in jail for weed and marijuana, like it does not make sense. So like, I get all the legal reasons why the NCAA probably doesn't want to revisit that, but I am really happy. I'm, I'm going to leave it there, but I'm going to just say right now, <laughs> I'm very happy that he's doing this and pushing this lawsuit and pushing this agenda and making a public spectacle of it um, and really kind of putting the pressure uh, back on the NCAA. So Tarika, my co-host for today, I'm so happy. Um, tell me, tell me, what do you think of, of this um, when you first heard about it? Girl, I was so happy. I was so happy. And I'm going to tell you why I was so happy. 
First off, I, so let me go back, right? Because I feel like it's fair to let people know who may not know why he's doing this. And that's because in 2005, he won the Heisman. He was the best player in college football at USC is what it is. Um, over Vince Young at that. So like, come on, let's, let's, let's not play no games. Like Reggie, Reggie was the man back then. And in 2010, um, his Heisman trophy was vacated. Um, because allegedly his stepfather had taken money from someone who wanted to be his agent. And once his agent, um, once he signed with a different agent, when he entered the NFL, all of a sudden, all of this stuff comes out about how his stepdaddy took all this money. So apparently the NCAA did this investigation and they stripped him of his Heisman, took his records, all that stuff, right? Now, in January of this year, Reggie Bush entered the College Football Hall of Fame. So you won a Heisman. 88% of the voters thought that you earned the Heisman. You were elected into the College Football Hall of Fame, which is for obviously the best players ever in college football. And the NCAA is still acting like you don't deserve and need your Heisman. Now, I sat here and watched. I don't know if you watched this, but I watched the... um, the Netflix uh, Johnny Manziel show. And I thought it was extremely interesting, but I was sitting there thinking to myself, this man really just went on national TV or wherever on this documentary telling everybody that he legitimately took money to sign autographs and do all of this while playing in college football. And I don't see anybody coming for his Heismans. However, Reggie Bush... Who, are, who you're now saying pay for play, which is completely separate from what the original allegation is. Exactly. You still will not give this man back his Heisman, nor will you reallocate him his records. Y'all are so unserious. The NCAA is so unserious. They are, they are. And you know, there's a few things because um, I think we had a headline, but it was saying like, um, he's go he's barking up the wrong alley I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing but you know there are some who are suggesting that he really shouldn't be going after the ncaa but that he should be um going after the heisman trust because the heisman trust really they don't have to wait like they can just on their own make the decision to give him to give him back his um Sorry, technical difficulties. Uh, so they can give him back his Heisman, you know, um, and they don't need the the NCAA to do that. Uh, so that was one theory. But the other thing why I'm saying like, you know, it could be challenging is because defamation suits, as I'm sure you've heard before, Tarika, are very, very hard to win. This is like lawyer, Natalie speaking. And I wasn't a defamation attorney. That's not my area of expertise but um it's just they're just it's very hard to prove especially because one could still even argue that he's not really harmed right like he's 
in theory, had a successful career. He's still successful. So, but I don't know that he really is doing this for purposes of winning a defamation lawsuit. I think like he's probably doing it because he just wants his trophy back. And that's what he said. And I think this puts the pressure on the NCAA, also the Heisman Trust, right, to do that. And so, you know, I am team Reggie. I want him to get back this Heisman. And I do want his good name cleared, you know, as he said. You know, I I understand that because, it, you know, you're suggesting that he did something so nefarious. And it's like, come on. Something that we all know goes on anyway in college sports, right? Something that we all know goes on in college sports. Yep. And I think what's crazy about that is that even the Heisman Trophy Trust has now put this back into the hands of the NCAA. And the reason that I say that is because they are basically saying you were not eligible to win a Heisman Trophy based upon what the NCAA has stipulated in terms of their sanctions. Right. And so they have also said that there is absolutely a consideration of returning the Heisman once the records have been, the the vacated records have been returned. So what you're doing is you're saying to the NCAA, all you got to do is do right by this man and then we'll make the decision to go ahead and give him his trophy back. I think that's the part that really kills me because how did we get here in the first place, right? It's because of NIL. The NCAA now allows students to capitalize and make money off their name, image, and likeness. And I ain't too old to remember when Reggie Bush used to be gracing the cover of NCAA. I blew football, EA Sports. I remember all of that. I remember when Reggie Bush was the man around that time. And so... All of these opportunities that he could have had to make money at that time. Now students have the ability to do that. So I get the biggest issue for me is that the NCAA has had time and time again over these last 13 years to make it right. And they have not. So because of that, the best thing that they need to do is take advantage of the opportunity now. And if they can't do that, Reggie Bush continue to blast them, continue to put them out there. Even if you don't win the case, what you've done is you've brought attention to the situation and you need to continue to bring attention to the situation. There's no proof. There's no evidence. Y'all are unserious. Yes. And you know what? Even if he doesn't win the case, and there's a good chance he may not, right? It doesn't matter because like, to me, this is like a first step, right? You know, so he can then still put the pressure on the Heisman Trust and still like put attention on them. So I think it's actually a good first step. So I disagree with the idea that he's going after the wrong entity. I like it. Go after the NCAA, call yeah. them out on their nonsense, put the pressure on him. And that'll all ultimately lead to pressure on any any other bodies that have to weigh in on this decision. Because like, look, let me just put on my my hat, right? Like if I was representing the NCAA, <laughs> right? But they're, they're, they're also taking into account, but like, if we reverse this decision, what was the other fallout from the decision we made? Like, was anyone fired? Was there an impact? So if we reverse that, then they're dealing with all kinds of repercussions from from all the other fallout that happened. So it's easier, easier for them to just to just stand on this, you know, this position. But um, they don't have to. Yes. And they they should reverse. They should change course. Mm So, well, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens. Period. Period. Um, okay. All right. All right. So I, we cannot have Tarika up here and not talk about her Indianapolis Colts. Like, it's just the rule on Brother from Another. So I'm going to let you rock 
especially because it's only <laughs> preseason. I did not appreciate Richardson taunting my Eagles. Yes, I'm an Eagles fan, but it's okay because it's just preseason. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him have his little time. But he put on a show last night, Tarika. He really did. I am so proud of this kid, right? Like, I really love what I'm seeing out of Anthony Richardson. Now, obviously, you know, it would look a little different, I'm sure, if the starters were starting for Philadelphia, which they were not, but it's all good. Um, But I just think that what this kid is doing... I, I love what I see from him. Now, he's got some improving to do, of course. Like, you know, overall, I feel like the Colts are headed in the right direction this time at the quarterback position. I mean, it's no secret that the Colts have made some extremely questionable, and I'm being nice by saying questionable, decisions at quarterback over the last three years. I mean, we went from I rock, crazy, crazy yesterday. I August 24th made the four-year anniversary of Andrew Luck retiring. And it popped up in my news feed yesterday. And I almost cried again. Like I almost <laughs> cried for a second time. Because in my mind, I'm like, this is where everything went downhill. Right here, this day, at this moment. So I think the Colts are finally making the right decision um, and going in the right direction at the quarterback position. So I watched yesterday's matchup against the Eagles. Um, and when I think about it, the first thing that came to my head it's just that these are two very different teams coming into this preseason game with two very different goals, right? Eagles coming off a Super Bowl appearance, solid team. They have the continuity. Your starters haven't played all season, all preseason. But for the Colts, it needed to really be a dress rehearsal. We needed to see what, you know, this team was going to look like as far as how they were going to build chemistry. You needed to see what, you know, head coach, new head coach Shane Steichen was going to present. You needed to see what a rich, which is what I'm calling him. You know, I wanted to see what he needed to improve on. And there are still some things. Accuracy is one thing. He was six of 17 yesterday, had a couple of moments where he overthrew the receiver, one where he was nearly picked off, another one um, where the ball was in limbo. I don't even know where the hell the ball was going. I was like, hey, Rich, what are we doing here? But um, I think those are things that will also improve and get better the more you play, the more reps you get. So I wasn't really worried about that. What I really loved most that was seeing his physicality and his ability to move the football. There were a couple times that your pass rush was coming for him and he was all but dead in the water and yet he was able to use his legs and his body to evade the pass rush and for me that is what really makes me continue to say he gives me this Lamar Jackson vibe with the Cam Newton body type swag. Um, I like what I'm seeing out of him. Okay, well, you know. I like it. No one knows the Colts better than you, so I won't challenge <laughs> you. But um, yeah, he ain't have to do all of that. Um, you know, fly he did. that that was he not did. necessary. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. The only criticism that I would say <laughs> so far is um, I want to see how they plan to use him more in the run game. I okay. I do get that. You know, it's preseason. It's still early. You don't want to play your hand too soon. So I'm sure coach is like, I'm not going to give you all my goods. You know, he rushed for 38 yards yesterday on five carries. So there's a real opportunity for him to be successful in the pat in the read option. However, it really is also going to depend on who's who's back there at running back. And right now, right. I don't know. Well, 
Yeah, <laughs> the Jonathan Taylor saga continues. So, I mean, look, we're just hearing reports about different teams who may be interested. I mean, I don't personally see Tarika how he can stay there. And they put this deadline on, on when the trade has to be done. So let's see if that is going to move the needle. But just with all of the comments that Ursa made, I don't, I just don't see how he can stay in indies. So um, how are you going to feel about it, really, if he moves I don't on? Know. We don't know if it's going to be the Dolphins. There have been reports about the Bears. But how are you going to feel, really, just if he moves on? What's crazy about the situation with the Dolphins is I'm surprised that the Dolphins are as interested as they are because they had an opportunity to pick up Dalvin Cook when he was a free agent out of Minnesota and they were like $7 million. We don't want to pay $7 million a year. And that's eventually how he ended up going to their rival, the Jets. So if you were not willing to give up that for Dalvin Cook, um, who had a pretty decent season, I, a very good season, as a matter of fact. I'm a bit concerned as to how now you're looking to entertain Jonathan Taylor, who wants way more than $7 million a year. What he's asking for is somewhere between 12 and $14 million a year, as well as a contract extension. And what the Colts want in return is premium capital for that or even more. So if you were too cheap to go after Dalvin, how now are you thou all of a sudden willing to spend your bread on Jonathan Taylor? And to be fair, I do believe Jonathan Taylor deserves his money. So that no, I'm not at all saying he doesn't right. deserve his money. But I am saying, I don't know if I believe you, Miami, when you say you're really interested, because I can't understand what would make Jonathan Taylor different than Dalvin Cook, considering Jonathan Taylor missed six games last year and didn't at all perform up to the standard that he did in his 2021 rushing leader season. He's coming off an ankle injury. He has surgery right. in the offseason. He ain't got a lot of leverage, right? So I'm just curious to understand what the difference is. Maybe it's age because he's younger. So there's a, a lot more time left that he could have to develop. But um, I don't know what they're going to do. There's no way that they can keep him on this roster. Yeah, his injury history sort of complicates things. But I get the sense that the Dolphins don't think they have to pay that much for him and, are, and aren't planning to. Um, and I don't think the Colts are going to get what they want either. So they don't, don't know Jim Ersay if they think that, honey. <laughs> well, to to be determined. But you know what? Let's go. We have company waiting, and um, we will be right back, guys. Stick with us. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When something happens to your car... You might say, no! 
But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I'm always going to go for my player. I mean, Stewie, I think just what she's done for us um, to come in and she does whatever the team needs and she gets the most attention from every other team. You know, she is that let's, you know, they try and stop Stewie and uh, guard her in multiple ways. And I think she hasn't been guarded like that even when she was in Seattle, uh, which is quite interesting for me. But, you know, just her demeanour, how she just finds ways to be really successful. And it's, and it's not even about offence for us. You know, I think she's really and underestimated defensively. Um, she's just so versatile. She knows we, we try to make her a bit of, you know, be aggressive here and reading it, but she's changing shots. She's running the floor, doing a lot of different things. But, you know, I mean, always going to, you know, I think she's done great, but so was AT. Like I said, I admire her game and, um, you know, that's in the end, but I'll still keep going for my play. Well, we are back. We are back. That was the Liberty's coach. And we are joined by Lo Lauren, but she goes by Lo. So we're going to go by Lo. And <laughs> I don't want to mispronounce your last name. Is it, how do I say it? Lo? Drear. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Lo Drear. So welcome. Mm-hmm. She is a oh, founding member of the committee. Big sports girl with the building. <laughs> And I just really want to plug the committee because if you're unfamiliar, I mean, Lo does a lot. She's a contributor for the WNBA, but I have grown to become a big fan of her. Um, and as one, as, as someone who is a part of growing the game, we know Tarika is a part of that as well, but there's all kinds of creators and people who are coming up and Lo is one of them and she puts out great content. Mm-hmm. Her analysis is great. And I'm so excited to have you on, but you know, she's a founding member of the committee. And I keep saying this because they are just doing great things. If you're not tuned in, you need to get tapped in with the committee sports group. Follow them on WNBA Twitter. Follow them. They they have so much great content and she's one of the founders behind it. So thank you and welcome to the yeah. show. Hey, y'all. Thank you for having me. Hey. I definitely want to give a shout out to Lo because um, I was just talking about you yesterday because you were instrumental in helping your baby girl, one of your students, get to the basketball game. And the game that she made it to was the game where Asia dropped 53. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, so period. But period, period. Asia dropped 53. Ryan Howard, who helped her get there, had a game, like, was her. So if this is going to be your first WNBA experience, that's actually, like, that's the kind of experience that you want to have. <laughs> yep. And she got to meet Ryan, too, right? Mm-hmm, she did. Ryan was very sweet about it. Um, she gave her a VIP band to go in the back, but she took a little while, so she even came out after the fact to come to the front just to get a picture with her, and that's really special. So I appreciate Ryan for that. Sure. So on the ground, helping to grow the game. Thank you. We appreciate your efforts. So let's talk about this game that we love because last night was a big night in the W. It was a big night in the W. Okay, so um, Tarika, like I was certain that the game was over. I thought that the um, sun had this and I'm going to tell you, I stopped watching. I went to go do some other things. I was like, oh, they got this. 
And all of a sudden, it was a game. So what happened? You were there. You covered the Connecticut Sun. Talk to me. What happened? How did this breakdown occur? I wish I could tell you. I was sitting courtside and I couldn't figure it out. I I was so completely lost. But I'm going to tell you, it was for a couple of things that were on the surface. Number one, um, you got to be smart with, you got to be very self-aware of where you are on the court, especially when you play in the Liberty. And there were a lot of miscues throughout the end of that game where Connecticut just wasn't making smart defensive plays. Number two, Stewie finally remembered she was Stewie in the fourth quarter. And she showed up and showed up in a big way. JJ had held it down for majority of the game. Sabrina came in at her spots in the fourth quarter. But Brianna Stewart showed up and showed why she is absolutely an MVP candidate, specifically in the last five minutes of the game. It was a 75-81 game with 37 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. So that lets you know the type of determination and perseverance that New York has, but also how you can't make mental mistakes at the end of the game. And now a lot of that was happening on the Connecticut side of the ball, specifically on the inbound pass where Dewana Bonner loses the ball. It was just, it was it was a wild ending. So those are the two things for me. Gotta be better where, you, where your court awareness and Stewie did Stewie things when it mattered the most. What did you see, Lo? Yeah. Um, Connecticut went to bed. I mean, they had it. The Connecticut, they, they, they simply just went to bed. And I think, um, I always talk about New York's death, and I think that's kind of the opposite for Connecticut. And they just look like they just ran out of gas. The mistakes that they start making are things that they just don't do. That simple inbound, inbound pass, come on now. That's that's something simple. I just think mental mental fatigue, they look tired, and they just, I mean, they just kind of went to bed. And that's just, that's just the way that thing happened, really. This is the second time that that has happened, too, because in their last matchup against New York, it was uh, Dijanae Carrington had an incredible game, 23 Mm -hmm. points, um, and they were leading in the fourth quarter and didn't score for the final three minutes. I think the end of the score ended up being like 81, 89 or something like that. But like Mm -hmm. you got to be able to close in those kinds mm-hmm. of moments when you can't close, like you, you really like, you, there's no way you're going to be able to compete with the best of the best when you can't finish. Mm-hmm. And right. you had a 20 point lead. Right. They just ran out of gas. Well, there yeah. was a lot of buzz around this game, not just because it's like two of the, the two top teams in the East, but also because it was a battle of MVP candidates. And we heard, you know, the coach weighing in before the game. And so Stewie did MVP things, as you mentioned, um, uh, Tarika. But Alyssa Thomas also, even though the Sun did not get the win, she got another double-double and, and, and broke the WNBA record for single-season double-doubles, right? So now she stands at the top, and I'm sure she's going to get some more before the season yeah. ends. So. When you were last here, Tarika, you were asked a question about the MVP race. You, we, we asked you, who did you think was the leader? And we, were, we, we framed it around Asia and, and Stewie, but you made it a point to say, listen, don't forget Alyssa Thomas. But you, at the time, you thought Stewie was probably the front runner. What do you think now at this point? So to be clear... I said Stewie was the front runner between her and Asia at that moment. However, Mm -hmm. 
at that and at that moment because that was right after the Vegas's loss to New York and Stewie 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 Ball. So it, that was that that was what that was. But I have for the, at least the last three months and even at the beginning of the season when I was making predictions, I have always been Team AT. Um, And I know people are going to think I'm biased because I covered Connecticut, but honestly, it don't have nothing to do with that. It really has. If I had to list one, two and three right now, I have AT, Asia, Stewie. That's my that's my three. Um, Asia is incredible. I mean, there is absolutely nothing you can do to take away from what she does because she's incredible. The thing that puts AT over the top for me is simply because I don't know where this Connecticut team would be without her. Like, and she's doing things that historically have never, ever been done in this league before. Regardless of who you think your favorite player is, regardless of who you love back in the day, whether it was Coop, whether it was Swoops, whether it was Sylvia Fowles, whoever it was, nobody has ever recorded 24 double-doubles in a season. No one has ever had as many triple-doubles as she has. No one has ever done several other things in Connecticut history that she's ever done. I think that New York and in Las Vegas, maybe not one and two, but would still very much be contenders or playoff contenders without their MVP standouts. I don't think Connecticut's in the top eight without AT. That's what does it for me. Now, to be fair, I'm also changing my mind from week to week because they keep playing so damn good. But but right now for me, AT, Asia, Stewie. What about you, Lo? Where, where do you stand on the MVP race? Asia, Zendaya, Wilson, one, two, three, period. That's my race. But like she said, I feel like all three, they're, like all three of them are doing so much. So it's literally like she said every other day. It's like, ooh, it's Asia. Ooh, it's Stewie. Ooh, it's AT. Like you really don't know. Like this thing really switches up day to day to day. And I feel like every one of them has done things this season that's like, you deserve MVP. You deserve MVP. You deserve MVP. Like it, it's a really tough decision. And like, I, I really think it switches day to day. Um, I think I'm glad I don't have to vote, baby, because I don't want no parts of making that decision. It just it is every day it's just something different. I feel like all three are carrying their teams. I feel like it's interesting because Stewie and Asia positions have kind of swapped. I feel like in the beginning Stewie was kind of carrying the girls, like they weren't together yet. And Asia was she was still doing her thing, but her team was a little more, you know, well rounded. You know, they still are, but it is a little different, right? Now I feel like they're completely swapped. I feel like Stewie's team is now, they turning it up. As a whole, they are hooping. And the Aces have been real, real wild. Oh, so I think it's it. Yeah. So I think that's very interesting. But all three, I'm glad I'm going to For real. For real. Yeah. For real. It's hard. I feel like this is going to really come down to like the end of the season, probably, you know, Um, we're seeing the um, odds according to DraftKings here. And so it does have Brianna in a slight lead over Asia and then AT third. But I mean, you know, Connecticut makes a little run at the end of the season. And again, we don't know. We know different things, storylines, you know, sway sway the voting. Um, But, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, for me, if I had to vote right now, it would be Asia, but I have a very like traditional, maybe some people would say old school approach. I'm, I'm very much like best player on the best team. And, you know, and I just, I feel like with all of the, um, the, the, just everything that the Aces are doing this season, right? Like last night, they just 30 wins, most in WNBA history for the right. 
and and you know Asia fifty three point game right tied Liz Cambage's record um, and not just that but I mean she's also a dual threat and and Stewie is all of them really but like you know she's a candidate for defensive player of the year. Um, I, I think when, and, and again, because I'm someone who's a big fan of Steph Curry and the Warriors, I, I think teams that are perceived to be loaded sometimes, I feel like the stars don't always get the proper credit on those teams because it's like, well, they're mm-hmm. loaded anyway and don't realize, you know, um, how much they're really doing. And I think with Candace out, and, and Tarika, you pointed this out before too, the fact that... Yeah. Um, like people were kind of saying like, oh, they don't need Candace. They don't need Candace. And I think as the season went on, we see that they really do. And I think this is where you really (laughs) seen like Asia, you know, step up even more than she already has this season, right? Because they had a few losses more than they typically would have. And so she came out and was like, listen, and she just took over in that last game. Well, not the last game, because they played again last night and they just, you know, cruised to a win. But um, so Asia would have my vote if it was right now. But I think you can't go wrong with any of the three of the three personally. Yeah, it's it's difficult for me to, to like, to be honest, you can't, I can't, I can't argue against anybody's argument. For, like oh. I just can't. When when the arguments start, I just be like, "You right, cause you right." <laughs> like I can't, I can't argue against the argument. Like anyone who says Asia's my MVP, you right. I get it. Like I get it. <laughs> you know what is interesting to me though, low. So the power rankings this week came out, and you know mm-hmm. uh, the committee along with others put out power rankings, and mm-hmm. many. Put the Liberty ahead of the Aces for the first time, basically for the season. It had been Aces all year. The, the 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 committee didn't. But what are your thoughts on the power rankings? Do you agree? Should the Aces still be at the top? Then like they shifted a little bit. What do you think about that? Um, well, I think they're finally on the post is very telling. But besides that, um, I believe I, I feel I'm cool with it. Um, they are peaking. I feel like they had a, a very good week. Um, and then Vegas had that loss. They beat up on them. So yeah, I'm cool with that. That that's that's fine. I'm not talking about that at all. Makes sense. Okay, but there are a lot of other teams to me that have been standing out, right? Like, I mean, Minnesota changed their season all around. The Sparks are on a five-game win streak, looking to make it six tonight. Tarika, you've been up on this. You said they were coming, right? So the Sparks are making a run. They're moving up in the standings. You also have, like I said, Minnesota. They're moving up. So what do you see for the rest of the teams around the league? It's all—it's always about the Aces and the Liberty, and then the Sun probably don't get as much attention as they should. But what about some of these other teams? Um, for me, I think that uh, the Sparks definitely need to be on everybody's radar. If you aren't paying attention to Jordan Canada right now, I don't know what you're doing because Jordan is absolutely balling and she's one of the Maybe reasons that MIP? this team... She's in the MIP conversation for me. Is for me, it's between her and Satu. For me, it's between her and Satu. So I don't... Like I like it's crazy between her and Satu. For me, it 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 juggles from week to week. There's a game I'm looking like Jordan. That's it. It's her, and then I'll see Satu, and I'll be like, "Well, dang, Satu is you too." Like I don't, I don't know, Nat. Stop asking me these questions. <laughs> I do not have an answer for you. <laughs> okay, but low but for no, you. It seems yeah. like it's really Jordan. It's Jordan. Okay. Period. I don't think it's a, to me. It's not a discussion. Mm. 
Because, Not like I always say, I feel like Jordan was fighting for a spot in this league, period. We, Jordan couldn't be trusted with the ball. Jordan couldn't be trusted on the court. Satu, we always knew she was a unicorn. We always knew Satu could be. How she got a better, absolutely. So I would never take that from her, but Satu is, is Satu. She's been doing this. We didn't have no faith in Jordan. We would have never thought that Jordan would be carrying the team. That's a very good point. Jordan's a big reason, right, for this run they're on. But what what else do you both attribute to what we're seeing from the Sparks right now? Alvarez finally is being used. And she finally remembered I'm that girl. Because I know when she left Chicago, for me, I was like, this could be MIP. Like, she is the next to me and the next, and the next, you know, to be a star in this league. And she kind of started off a little wonky. And now she's she's owning who she is. I'm, I'm that girl. And she's doing that. Period. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would also add health, too. Like, this team kind of mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to really gel like they wanted to because they had a lot of players that were injured, weren't really able to come back. So they weren't really able to find a lot of continuity. But, like, now you're starting to see that continuity come into place and at the right time. You don't ever yeah. want to peak too early like now is a great time to start feeling like you're building that chemistry with your team because we're only a couple weeks away from the postseason so I agree with you that as Ray is 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 doing her thing um Lasia showing up that veteran leadership from Lasia Mm -hmm. NECA always gonna be NECA she always gonna do her she always gonna do her and then you add Jordan with that like it makes it to me it makes sense like I never expected them to be a bottom of the barrel team injuries really gotten in the way of that to me but um, but 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 that's that's what I see for sure. Could they be a sneaky team come the postseason? I mean, they did just beat the Absolutely. Aces, but they played the Aces close early on in the season. Y'all remember that game? They played the Aces yeah. really, really tough, and then the injury set in. So I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. So yeah. I, I don't want to play. I don't want to see. We in the same. Down. We on the same lift there, low, because I'm like, it, to me, the two teams that I do not want to see in the postseason is I would not want to see the Sparks and I would not want to see the Wings. I know that they have had inconsistencies in terms of, you know, there were moments where you were like, do y'all remember how to play defense? But then when you think about that size, Natasha Howard, she's balling. Satu, we talked about. Arike can do whatever she want, whenever she want, however she want to do it. I do well, not want to. And, and we can't even sleep on Crystal Dangerfield either because she has nope. absolutely shown up in some big moments and hit some big shots for that team. I don't want to see Dallas in the postseason. I don't. It's big T for me. It's big T for me. When they play through big T, curse. Yeah. Wrap it up, ready? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the wings because even though they lost last night, um, there's some tension between them and the Lynx. So last night was a testy little game. The, the game they played before that was Satu's getting into it with fans blowing kisses at them. I mean, look, apparently some of the fans were saying some things, you know, cheering on the injury. So, you know, she spoke out about it. She tweeted. She said it was disgusting. But, you know, um, the coach spoke out about it. Like, they basically were like, no, we don't condone this. Nafisa spoke out about it. So it's not like 
anyone was like, you know, encouraging this. The fans were kicked out, but it just, it made for great TV and it also made for a really good game last night. What is, what do you, I'm actually very impressed with the, the, the links. I just think the way that they turned around their season is crazy. So what do you guys think about the links? chances in the postseason and Jess you already said you don't want to see Dallas but what do you think about both of the what do you think about the Lynx? I think I think you know I think they're doing their thing I still I know they do have these two wins I would still rather see many than Dallas um because I feel like you can get them on one of those nights that they might be a little off of Cheryl Cheryl's a coach they can see what they like Cheryl Cheryl is a phenomenal coach period and she got them she got them working she got them together she got them playing hard I think the emergence of Lindsey Allen and a very good point guard pushes you a lot. And I think that is yeah. one of the key things. I think doing her thing, but I think Lindsey Allen coming on strong as a PG, I think that helps him a lot as well. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that too. Um, for me, I think anytime Nafisa is playing well and she giving you 30 points, um, you got to you gotta shop, right? So I'm not really surprised mm-hmm. that they were able to try to make a comeback and turn their season around. But I think the thing for me that keeps me very skeptical of how deep they can go is them being able to put points on the board, right? Offensively, they have had moments where the only person scoring was Nafisa. And you can't do that. Like the like when you play in a team, like if they are now uh, I want to say they may be what six seed or seven seed. If you're going, if you're going to have to go up against a Vegas or New York in the first round, you're going to have to outscore them because you're not going to stop them. So you're going to have to outscore them. And, and, I mean, that's just the bottom line. You're not, you're not going to stop them. Um, right. But if, if Kayla McBride is on point and they get some additional assistance from Diamond Miller and Lindsay Allen, who you pointed out, like if you're starting, Dorka Yuha sometimes has amazing opportunities to put some points Absolutely. up when she takes his advantage of them. If you can outscore them, then yeah, you got a shot. But their their offense goes stagnant sometimes. And that's the biggest concern for me. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. You guys know much more than me when it comes to the WNBA, but I, I'm i just going to be candid. I love the super team storyline, and I want to see Aces versus Liberty in the finals. That's what I want to see. But shout out to all the other teams and all the other women because they're so great. But I just think I just think it makes for like, and I know the games haven't been particularly close, so that seems a little odd, mm-hmm. but I just think in a postseason final setting, and I'm hoping that Candace is back. Like, I just think it will be, I think it'll be a great matchup, especially because things seem to be clicking for the Liberty right now. So that's, that's what I want to see. I know you probably want to see the Sun Tarika, so don't, don't, don't kill me. I mean, listen, <laughs> I want to work. So, I mean, it helps me out. <laughs> Good point. Hello, before we let you go, I just, um, LSU put out their non-conference schedule. Just curious about mm-hmm. your, any thoughts on that? Uh, the reaction was sort of yes. mixed on Twitter. So I'm curious what you thought yeah. about it. I like, I don't, I'm disappointed. Um, I think they'll still be a good team because they got one of the best rosters in the country. They are deep. Being girlies, like they got a squad. And I think that's why my frustration comes because I'm like, I, 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 I want to see y'all like up against the best girl, other girls in the country. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see something. And I'm trying to go to like every SEC venue where, where I'm going to pick. You know, like, I want to see them play the best players because that's 
they got the team too. Like we want to see, you know what I mean? And I know we got SEC players, so that's an SEC stat this year. But Cole and I, like, we deserve the UConn LSU matchup. I don't care. We deserve it. We deserve it. Like, y'all, those are my top two going into the season. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Lo, thank you so much. Brother from another debut. We loved you. You will definitely be back with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door! Winning! No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Again. Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. I have to, yes. Is me and Magic? Is that the, the conversation? Yeah. Magic's resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all right, so the fact that we're even having that conversation is a, that's a, it's a place I never thought I'd be in. But the fact that, to your point of, like, how you grade it in the whole conversation, that's why we have the conversations, because mm-hmm. it's fun, and it's... Mm-hmm. Is you know measuring errors against each other, and I love that's what basketball, that's what sports is all about. That's why people watch. That's why people get you know in heated debates about it. I love it. So you put me on my own team. Yeah, I'm gonna rep myself for sure. Ha, I agree. <laughs> people love these best, greatest goat conversations. They they make for great debate. They get NBA Twitter all heated, and so that's my fave, Steph Curry. Um, saying that he's the best point guard to ever play in the NBA over my other fave, Magic Johnson. So for me, it's like, Woo! but um, I, I don't, I don't personally, uh, Tarika have Steph Curry above Magic yet for me. And they're like, look, older heads will be like, um, excuse me, hello, Oscar Robinson. You know, so people will have opinions about other players that should even be in this conversation. But I think. Magic Johnson is sort of universally accepted for most as the best point guard to ever play in the NBA. He is my favorite player of of all time. And I never thought anyone could capture my heart from him until Stephen Curry came and he hasn't taken it, but like they share it, you know? Um, But I, I do think Steph Curry will retire being 
considered higher than magic or it will be a true debate and I don't think it will be as contentious and for me it's just I just think his impact on the game, he revolutionized the game. I do actually think he's a more skilled player than Magic Johnson. That will be up for debate with people. Um, you know, the fact that he is a 6'3 point guard doing what he does, to me, people look at that as a knock. I look at that as the fact that he's in this conversation with all these taller, bigger guys just is only mm -hmm. a testament to his greatness. Um, and so to me, it's just resume building. I don't I don't see how you can look at Magic's resume and say that Steph surpasses it yet, but Steph is still playing. And 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 so um I I think when he when all said is done, he will surpass Magic. But right now it's a fun conversation to have. And I know MJ weighed in on it. So I'm curious what you think. Yeah, yeah. When MJ gets in on a conversation, that's all you know is a good one, right? But um, I agree with you in terms of Magic Johnson being um, the greatest point guard. I, I'm not ready to put Steph in. Like, he's number... I don't even want to say what number he is because if we really be honest, I'm a Pistons fan, so Isaiah Thomas is no, always going to be in a conversation <laughs> for me. So that just kind of is what it is. Um, right. But... But what I will say is I think it's important to understand when we're having these conversations that this is a different era in basketball in terms of what positions are even expected to do. The point guard position when Magic Johnson was playing versus what the point guard position has evolved to now is not even the same. So the expectations the same. Um, the expectations are not the same. We're, we're more into this positionless basketball era where you've got guys like, you know, Nikola Yoke, not Nikola Jokic, my man's in uh in Dallas. His name is escaping Luka, me at the moment. Luca, Luca Doncic, right? You know what I mean. So it's just like um, with his ability to you know kill you from 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 the point guard position, and as well as as as, as beat you in the post, right? So there's so many different things that positions are required to do now that was very different when you look at how magic was a facilitator when you looked at like just so many different things about his game it's just different than what point guards are expected to do now um so i think you have to take that into consideration when we're having these goat conversations but magic johnson for sure for me um would be the number one and isaiah thomas would be number two just off okay. pure principle well, there you have it. All right, let's get back. I hear some um, track results are in, but let's talk a little track and field before we go. We will be right back. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, 
my goodness. Y'all know I'm happy because Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. Sharika Jackson has won the 200 meters in the second fastest time in history uh, with a championship record of 21.41. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. And I actually like this story for the for the world athletics. So we had the 100 meter race earlier and Shakari Shikar, won it. And we were all talking about Shakari and we were excited about it. And it was a redemption story for her. And I love this now as well um, for the Jamaican team as well. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. It's because, you know, everyone knows, you know, if you follow me on any um, social media, you know that I have like a Jamaican flag and I am born here. I'm born in the U.S. I was raised in the U.S., but my family is Jamaican and culturally I was raised Jamaican. And if you meet anyone who's usually of Jamaican ancestry, we're very proud. We're very proud of our lineage and where we come from. So yes, I, I'm I'm proud about it. And I will tell you, I'm rooting for Jamaica first, but I'm also happy about the fact that I get to root for the US and I get to root for Jamaica. And so they're just when, you know, it's been a few years now, but this like Jamaica US rivalry, and I love rivalry, so I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't love when the rivalries go to, um, wars over like putting down the countries and things like that and so there was sort of some bad blood and I don't know if it's really bad blood between the athletes or if it's bad blood just among the fans of the athletes but you know when um Shikari won there was a lot of like oh the Jamaicans are quiet now and blah 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 blah, blah. you know and I I just want to say that you know I don't think that's necessary. And I don't think we need to revise history. I think we can sit back and applaud the growth that Shakari has made, right? And we can do that without erasing the Jamaicans. You know, she should be celebrated for what she's doing because she's doing great things and she's so young. So if this keeps up, she's on a path to be great. But let's not erase Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and what she has yeah. done in track and field. Like when we talk about the goats of sprinters, her name has to be there, right? And we cannot mm-hmm. overlook the domination that she has had. And let's not overlook other up and coming people like Sharika who just won the 200 meters. So I'm sorry that was long-winded, but I am so proud because we have a no. US winner in the 100. We have a Jamaican winner in the 200 meters. I get to celebrate both. And um, I think that's a great thing. It's an amazing thing. And on top of that, we are all Black women, women of color who, while representing different countries, are all representing people everywhere who aspire to look like us and who aspire to do what we do, right? Um, Anytime there are Black women doing amazing things, I don't really care what what your nationality is. There are so many people across the world who don't want to see people of color be successful that we have to stick together in those moments. So it's awesome to have cultural pride and where you come from and to celebrate those wins. But I really feel like it's a win for all of us. Um, Anytime I see someone, whether they are from the West Indies, whether they are African, whether they are American, African-American, I love to see Black girls win. So y'all all all share. But wait, Nat, we can't end this show without you giving me some patois. What are we doing? Have have you been on this show the whole time and never given us patois? What? no, not really, but you know, big up, big up, my girl. Big up, Sharika. <laughs> Can't say too much; they won't understand me. 
they will understand. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's that's that right there. You we got to tap into that. We need some because there are moments where things happen in sports, and the best way to describe it is the only way that you can say it is in patois. Listen, it, it comes out when I'm talking to other Jamaicans, but you know, when I'm here, you know, I'm just proper. I have to do proper English, you know? So, but I'm so it. proud. Shout out to all the Black women representing, setting all kinds of records in track and field right now. I mean, we are seeing yes. the best of the best and the game yes. is in a great place right now. Agreed. Agreed. Y'all, thanks for Flo Jo is smiling. Today. Oh, Flo Jo, the goat. The She's goat. smiling. Tarika, thank you for joining me today. Thank I you for having you me. So this was so much fun. Have a great weekend, y'all. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.